Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and for all those who's listening and watching it from around the world. And we are now live from the corner of Dalton and Lynn Street. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's indeed free game. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready, because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. So I was saying that monsters are such interesting people. <laughs> and welcome in to the midweek edition of the pregame show. It's Bishop, it's Neely, it is SWAC Championship Week, Jackson State versus Southern 11 and 0. Jackson State taking on the Southern Jaguars this weekend. Neely, what's going on, my brother? Man, 11 and 0, brother, feels good. Great day to be a Tiger, been a great year to be a Tiger. Been a great two years to be a Tiger. Hey, it's been great to be a Tiger since 1877. Chuck, 11-0 and for the first time in Jackson State football history. Been playing football since 1911. That's the year that the Capitals and Q's came into existence. Since 1911, we've been playing football, and this is the first time ever being 11-0, and but we got two more, SWAC Championship and Celebration Bowl. The goal has always been 13-0. and We're not there yet. You know, Neely, I, I tell you what, I mean, it's it's always uh, so boring on campus. It's, I don't know if there's anything going on over there or not. But uh, no, I hadn't heard anything. What's the news? Yeah, I hadn't heard. Uh, is, is, there, is there anything new going on? Gee whiz. That's, uh, no, it's been, been, been pretty rocky. been pretty rockies. Coors. Coors like you drink Coors? I used to like Coors. I used to like, yeah. I, I used to like them. Yeah, yeah. Colorado. Oh, you're talking about Colorado. Yeah, man. Oh, oh. A lot, of, a lot of stuff flying around about a Colorado and other places, man. You know, it's just been, you know, this is, uh, as I've said before, you watch American Gangster and Frank Lucas goes to see the Don. And he talks about they were shooting at me. And he said, Frank, your success took a shot at you. What are you going to do? How are you going to kill it? You're going to become unsuccessful? This is what happens with success. When you have success, when you win the conference championship last year and go undefeated, when you go undefeated on the entire season this year, go back to a SWAC championship, the phone is going to ring. People are going to come after your guy. We're just not used to being in the space where people come after your guy. I think it's okay for people to come after your guy. It shows that you got something that other people want. It shows that you have something valuable uh, that other people want. Uh, and it, it is sort of a, a bit of a new space for our Jackson State fan base. Not quite exactly sure how to react to it, all the, the rumors, all the innuendo. But, I mean, like you said, uh, success took a shot at our guy. You know, it is what it is. It is what it is, man. I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I'll be honest with you, Chuck. You know, this is uh, – we're Jackson State guys. We love 1400 Lynch Street. But I have been uh, dis- a little dismayed at some of the comments I see just on the rumors of people who swore up and down that they were, you know – uh, Coach Prime supporters, and just at the rumor that he may be listening to other people. Oh, I knew he wasn't worth nothing. Look at this. Look at that. Like, come on, y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, no. What, it, what does a man have to do? Like, he he comes here, 
almost loses his life, almost loses his leg, does lose two toes, bring his kids here. And just because somebody is making an offer to you, you want to start saying he ain't worth a damn if you take it and listen to it. Come on, y'all. Come on. Let, <laughs> let's, let, let's pop our brakes. Let's pause. Let's take a deep breath. Let's, like Aaron Rodgers said, R-E-L-A-X and relax. Yeah, I have been around Coach Prime on a daily basis, been around him all this week. And I can tell you, man, his singular focus is this Saturday's game against Southern winning the SWAC championship, another SWAC championship. We're going to deal with all the other stuff when it's time to deal with it. But for folks to say that somehow he's lost focus or somehow he was here for the wrong reasons, just because there are offers out there, you're just not used to having something that other people want, I guess. <laughs> and, and I think that's one thing that we have to point out. Uh, is, you know, this team has had a remarkable ability to block out whatever uh, distractions that might be going on. I mean, my God, cameras are constantly on on this team. And, you know, 11-0 has been the result. So, you know, focus has not been an issue. I, I, I'm not worried about the focus part of it. No, not, absolutely not. And, uh, you know, we're going to bring on our first guest uh, in a little while. He's going to be able to talk about that. He is a player. Uh, Aubrey Miller Jr., defensive player of the year, is going to be joining us in this first segment. Uh, but this team is focused, man. So people out there who are saying this outside noise about Coach Prime and, and other offers may be distracting or taking away. I was at practice today and practice all of this week, including Sunday. Uh, like these guys are locked in and trying to get it done. They, and, and like you said, Chuck, they are used to noise being around. They're used to outside noise being around. Uh, they're used to distractions and what may throw some chemistry off on another program has no impact here because these guys are bought in and locked in and dedicated to a 13 and 0 dominant season. And they're now two steps away from that. And nothing is going to take them off that message in that mode, including rumors about potential job offers. No doubt, man. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take us a quick break here on the pregame show. We're going to come back and we're going to talk to the SWAT defensive player of the year, Aubrey Miller Jr. Stay tuned. Are you ready for an upgrade? Then come see what we have to offer at the newly renovated Cadillac of Jackson. You'll be able to browse our wide variety of pre-owned vehicles with great prices. Plus, we've also got Cadillac certified pre-owned vehicles. Hey, it's Warren Sapp, number 99 in your program, number one in your heart. Whenever I look for Jackson State or Coach Prime information, I go to the pregame show. <laughs> Here at Cadillac of Jackson, we are excited to show you our brand new state-of-the-art facility. Inside our luxurious showroom, come and browse some of our newest models. Welcome back to the pregame show. It's Bishop, it's Neely, and it is an honor to bring in the 2022 SWAT Defensive Player of the Year, number 45 in your program, number one in your heart, Aubrey Miller Jr. Welcome into the pregame show, sir. Thank you for having me, man. Man, hey, I just, go, go ahead, Chuck. No, you go right ahead, Chuck. No, I mean, it has been uh, a tremendous season. Uh, me and Neely, we were talking about uh, 
the focus now that you guys have. Uh, you guys are on a mission. You know, fans, you know, rightfully, they will worry, you know, with regards to uh, everything that swirls around this team, whether you guys are locked in. But uh, just talk to, uh, in that regards, how you guys have been preparing for this week. Um, I mean, first off, we're ignoring the hype. We're ignoring everything, the outside noise that's going on. And uh, we just want to make sure we keep the main thing the main thing. Let's get another championship for the university. Um, just representing ourselves. And uh, we're just going to keep building the resume, man. That, that's the whole thing. And we know that we came here for one goal, and that's to uh, make a change, and that's to make history. So we're going to keep building on that. Aubrey, I know that, uh, you know, you don't do it for the individual stats or accolades. Like you just said, you're here you know, the one another swag championship and, and close it out with that celebration bowl. Having said that, uh, your numbers are what they are, and you did get defensive player of the year for the entire conference with the swag. Also a senior bowl invite. Uh, a lot of our fans in the comments, when they look at segments that you've been on in the past uh, doing some of the produced content, they just comment about your growth from that first season of Coach Prime documentary to now. Uh, when you look at your personal growth, whether it's the numbers on the field or just you as a person, uh, what is Jackson State and playing under Coach Prime meant to you in that regard? Um, it really just showed me doing it for others, um, not doing it for myself. When I was doing it for myself, yeah, I had a couple of accolades and things like that. But when you start doing it for others and start doing it for the guys that's under you, start doing it for the guys that's around you and above you, uh, the accolades just start coming natural, and it's it's even bigger one. So it's like when you're feeding the other people, you know, good things come back to you. So I just try to make sure I keep that same chip on my shoulder. And also, I mean, the the – what I want to say, the adversity uh, that Jackson's been through as a whole has really humbled me. Um, not just the school, but the the um, city as a whole. You know, the people around from the water to uh, the electricity. to It's a whole lot of things. I mean, you and I both know that happened in Jackson. So a lot of that has humbled me and it really made me not take things for granted. As far as with the team or how we um, persevered through adversity, uh, you know, all that comes a long way and all of it comes as one. So. I just make sure I take that on, man. Just keep pouring into these younger guys, and you know, hopefully, it leads to them doing the same thing. You know, Aubrey, uh, you are right in the middle of the chaos uh, of this number one defense in the nation. But you know, talk a little bit about what Coach Andre Hart, linebackers coach, and Coach Dennis Sermon, they have just poured into you guys over there on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I mean, it's all about discipline. Discipline is the main thing. You know, linebacker group is what we say is the number one group. And, uh, I mean, we run the whole defense. I mean, we got to give calls. We got to make sure we get the D-line set up, echo the calls to the safety. So uh, just being disciplined, make sure we keep our um, hands, feet, and eyes all in the same place, make sure that we're doing the right things, man. And uh, as far as with the plays and Coach DT, you know, we already know that they come from the league. Um, Coach Hart, which hasn't, he understands his role, and he makes sure he poisons us as well. Not take things for granted, uh, not being emotional, you know, making smart plays doing the small fundamental things and make sure that we execute those things. So, uh, I mean, he's came a long way as far as teaching us and, and helping us grow as well. You know, Aubrey you, uh, and Chuck, y'all just talked about Coach Hart, and I had a, a sit-down with him just the other day, and I want to take a moment and pour into him and, and tell you something, Aubrey, we talked about. And I told him from my estimation, and this was, you know, after we had learned that, Aubrey, you were defensive player of the year, and I told him, I said, Coach Hart, you got to recognize, you know, Jackson State historically has been LBU. But this, this linebacker unit has so much depth and so much talent that when you guys are able to change pieces and Aubrey plays on special teams and, and JB can feel right in, there's just so much depth and talent out there that I think as a unit, uh, one of the – not one of, it's literally the best unit in conference. 
Uh, you know, when you look at uh, a Southern's defense or uh, Alabama State may have a defensive player here or there, but as a unit goes, uh, the linebacker unit, the linebacker room at Jackson State, the depth, the talent, the sacrificing for each other and, and playing time has just shown the numbers. You know, it was, Chuck, a game a couple of games ago, man. You had probably three linebackers with double-digit tackles. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yes, where, where in the world does that happen at? Uh, and, and, Aubrey, I want to ask you this specifically about your role in that. A lot of those younger guys look up to you and have adapted your workout plans and being in meetings on time and try to match your hours in the film room. How does it keep you encouraged to know that others are modeling their game off of you? I mean, because it's all in the positive aspect. So uh, just seeing the steps that they're, that they're doing is, is very shows a lot of professionalism within that. And just knowing that I was involved in that just uh, is very heart feeling, you know. And another thing is, I mean, these guys are never, uh, what I want to say, uh, you think of the word uh, selfish. You know, you never see that within them. Uh, Coach Hart even important to us, you know, about the playing time and little things like that, man, and how much depth we have in that group where it's hard for him to start the same too. You get what I'm saying? So, and just to see them, man, they come in, they smile every day, we watch the same film, we see the same keys, we learn from each other. I'm not going to say that they just learn from me, I learn from them as well. Even though they're younger than me, they see things I don't see, I see things they don't see. You know, certain techniques they use that I don't use that I maybe can use the next time I get into a game. So it's a lot of things that they pour into me as well. But uh, just seeing the things that they do after what I do, I mean, it just you can't really just look at it as a bad way because as long as I'm doing positive things and they come right behind me doing it, I just know they're going to be great. And it's all about feeding it to the next man. So I know they're going to be able to feed into the next man as well. Uh, we, Arbor, we know you uh, uh, have a short on time and we wanted to make sure that we uh, got you in to talk to you tonight. But, you know, uh, you guys had such success against Southern the first time you played them. Uh, a lot of fans would take a look at it and like it's hard to beat a team uh, the second time around. But what are some of the keys for you in terms of what the defense has to do to keep this Southern uh, offense at bay? I mean, we're going to get out the ball fast. Uh, we're going to make sure we get out the ball fast. We're going to be very violent just like the first time. Uh, we're going to make sure we stop the run. That's one of our main keys. We're going to prevent points. If if they don't score, it's kind of hard for us to lose. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we're going to make sure we prevent points. We're going to make sure we smack them in the mouth. And we're going to make sure we keep our foot on their necks the whole game. Uh, it, it's really easier said than done, but we're going to make sure we show it this come Saturday. No doubt. Arbor, we're going to let you get out of here, man, because I know you are a filmaholic and you want to watch some Southern film uh, oh, yeah. and get ready for Saturday. But my final question to you before we let you go, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that go and there are a lot of things that stop. And I just literally want to ask you, man, in your, <laughs> in your professional opinion, does this shit ever stop? This shit never stop. This shit don't stop and will not stop. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole lot of stamina within this. Stamina gang. Stamina <laughs> gang. <laughs> this shit don't stop. No doubt, man. Ari, man, we appreciate you coming on the pregame show, brother. And as always, look forward to seeing you this weekend. And looking forward to the W, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Y'all already know. And again, this should do not stop. Stay tuned. Four five, four five. There four. he is, four five. We're gonna take another quick break. That was Aubrey Miller, Junior Slack Defensive Player of the Year. We'll be right back here on the pregame show. Hey Chuck, before we go to that break, let them know who's coming up next. It's John Grant from the Celebration Bowl. John Grant from the Celebration. Yes, indeed. Looking forward to it. We'll be right back. Okay, so how long have you been coming to stay? Uh, since 1987. I forever love Stansburg because of the people. Uh, they're real people. They, they, they help the community and their family own and operate. And the food, the quality, and service has always been phenomenal. 
And anywhere I'm at, I, I always recommend people to them. It's, it's great food and you get enough love for your money. If you need a good place to eat and you want a good environment to support the community and support effort of, of the Jackson community, I recommend Stamps uh, Super Burger TV because like I said, Picks up a first down. And, and I'm going to go back to, you know, we talked to our friends, uh, Charles Bishop and Neely. They follow Jackson State football and having dinner with them. I mean, they said this team feels like nobody can score three times on them. Three times. He didn't say if it was three field goals, three touchdowns. Prairie View has scored twice. Touchdown field goal. That's how good this defense is. And whoa. They are as good as advertised. Fourth best in all of FCS. It got to get to the point where whoever we're doing the broadcast that week of the game, they're going to sit down with y'all because y'all know us better than everybody. Sure. And y'all know some of the inside stuff we do. that I may not tell them because I don't trust them. But sure. Trust us. Okay. Trust y'all. appreciate that. We trust. appreciate that. Much love, baby. Are you ready for us? And welcome back to the pregame show with Bishop and Neely. And, of course, we have with us one of the power brokers in college football, especially within HBCU football. He is the executive director of the Celebration Bowl. John Grant, welcome to the pregame show. Man, I am so delighted to be here with, you know, these superstars tonight. <laughs> I, you guys really make me feel special with this invitation. So thank you for having me. Well, we appreciate you being here. You know, John, uh, we're at this real inflection point uh, where a lot of eyes are on uh, HBCU football, taking a look at the Southwestern Athletic Conference, taking a look at the MEAC. Uh, but from your vantage point, uh, this has to be a phenomenal time to, to really be watching HBCU football right now. You know, if I were to say, um, and I, I'm, I'm somewhat of a historian, but I would say that this is probably the greatest time ever in the history of um, HBCU football and athletics. And I say that from the vantage point of, we have never had um, uh, as much visibility on our programs um, as, we've, as we have today. An example that I will give, I'll, only, I'll talk from the ESPN perspective. In 20, 2015, we were televising um, 35 games. This year, we broadcast over 155 from wow. the ESPN platform. That doesn't count what, you know, the additional programming um, agreements that the SWAC has with HBCU Go and other programs, as well as what the MEAC has with Flow Sports and, and, and others. So the, 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 the exposure and the access to um, our programming now in HBCU athletics has never, and I will say that never, been at this level. It it, it, it literally is changing the game. Wow, John, let me uh, uh, throw some stuff your way before I before I hit you with something. Uh, one, I want to you know again thank you for coming on the program tonight, but also just 
Uh, thank you as an HBCU alum, as, as a, a supporter in this space for the work you do with the Celebration Bowl uh, with ESPN. You know, having a person in the room, a person of your caliber, is a first class event. Uh, and, and, and we're not looking ahead to the Celebration Bowl. You know, we, we have a game this weekend. You always invite the champions, the MEAC champion and the SWAC champion. But it was timely to have you on because, you know, things get, get busy after this week as you gear up for that event in Atlanta. What does it mean for you in the Celebration Bowl for folks to understand that you may have two teams from the SWAC and the MEAC, but this is just a cultural event and that everyone should be coming to celebrate in Atlanta the champions from these two historically black conferences? Um, and that is a great question, Neela, and it's, it's an appropriate one. Um, I would define it this way. Just think Super Bowl. We have a Super Bowl, our Super Bowl, and that's literally what it is. And when I approach people, I'll ask them this question. If I were to walk up to you and, and say to you, I have two tickets to the NFL Super Bowl, will you ask me who's playing? Or will you just accept them? 100% of the time, they'd be, absolutely, I would accept them. Well, if you will do it for that, then you should do it for this. Um, because in this case, we have the opportunity to, as we are together, building a platform second to none. And I will say that across all the boat, I'm, I'm, you know, have the great pleasure of working with some wonderful people who run some outstanding games. Um, Neely, I, I, when, when you have, I have the person who runs the Rose Bowl sitting next to me in a, at a bowl meeting and he looks at me and, and leans over and says, John, you know, you guys are overachieving. We mm -hmm. never anticipated that the Celebration Bowl would be what it has become. Mm -hmm. and, and to have a response, you know, I, I smiled and I said, look, thank you for the compliment. But imagine where we'll be when we're 103 years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. We're only seven. Yeah. We're yeah. a baby in this space. Mm -hmm. uh, so... It's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity and seeing it from this vantage point, all of us, and, and starting with you guys, um, what you do with your program is, is absolutely phenomenal and it's needed. We have to have program, um, you know, people like you and others that are carrying the water in this space to help get us to where you just outlined uh, as a place we need to be. But well, John, let me tell you this. There's two things going to get done on the pregame show between me, me and Chuck. One of us going to carry water and somebody going to chop wood. We're going to do our part. Now, you, <laughs> got two, our part. you got two jobs at the fort. Somebody got to <laughs> chop wood. Somebody got to carry water. Let me, let me follow up on something because you talked about literally the infancy of the Celebration Bowl, particularly compared to the granddaddy of all the Rose Bowl in 100-plus years. Sometimes our fans out there, when their team doesn't make it, they talk about how well the celebration format should be changed. It should be the best two teams in HBCU land, no matter what conference they're from, even if from the same conference. How open to you as executive director, or do you see any changes coming on the horizon, or is this blueprint the model you want to stick with for some time to come? Look, um, when teams don't make it to the Super Bowl, I don't hear anyone talking about what you need to change. <laughs> People want to see the champions. Yeah. Um, fortunately, the you know the way that the Celebration Bowl is legislated now with the NCAA um, is that you we have the champion from the MEAC versus the champion from the SWAC. That's the way it's, it's, it is on the books. Um, and 
when you have a national championship game, you have the people who, who, who have the absolute best records. This is not number one against number two. It's one against one. Mm-hmm. Now, would there be the opportunity to create formats down the road sometime in the future? Again, that has to be legislated because you're getting into postseason play, and, mm-hmm. and that requires legislation from the NCAA to um, allow you know, maybe a, a, a playoff process. I think that there may be some validity to, to that. But today, and we live in today, um, right now the goal is from, from every coach in those two conferences is to get to Atlanta. And for those HBCUs that chose to go somewhere else, my hat's off to them. Play where you are. Um, but if you want to compete, um, then the two conferences are the MEAC and the SWAC. Join us. Uh, John, let me tell you some take shades off. I asked that question for the FAMU fans. <laughs> <laughs> hey, FAMU, you heard it from the commissar himself. You want to go to Atlanta, win the SWAC. That, that's what it takes. Uh, you know, John, I love picking your brain, and, and I wanted to ask this real simple question is, as a fan base, how do we sustain this momentum uh, especially with regards to uh, this excitement that uh, that's going on right now around HBCU ball. Look, we're in, you, you know, let me first say, um, and I have to thank you guys and what's going on at Jackson State. Um, regardless of what, um, you know, p- people say, um, and I and I, I I have tremendous respect for, without question, uh, Coach Sanders and what he is doing with the program because he has moved Jackson State to the front of the line. Mm. Mm. He has moved Jackson State to the front of the line. That is unquestionable. Um, my challenge to Jackson State's fans and alumni, and I hear, and I'm going to quote you guys, D.I. Love. What does that mean? And then what are you doing to assure that the infra, the, 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 I'll call it the infrastructure that helps get you to the front of the line, keeps you at the front of the line. Mm. Um, Because see, this is big. What is happening across the board and the celebration bowl is a part of it, but you know, what, has happened at Jackson state with coach Sanders and what he's doing and the, and how other coaches are inspired by what is happening because everyone wants to win. And if you want to be the best, then you have to beat the best. And um, right now at this point, Jackson state is the best. It's unequivocal and it's a fact. So everyone else is upping their game. And that's a good thing for all HBCUs across the board, whether you're division one or division two. So my question to the, the alumni at Jackson state, because, you know, um, I, you know, we all hear, you know, the, the conversations about, you know, will, will coach Sanders leave, will he stay, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you doing to help the cause? Because this is, it's bigger than an administration it's bigger than a single ind- individual. And if Jackson State is the I love, you know, then step up and show it. And that whether that's at Jackson State or any other institution, here's a reality. 
Athletics is the front door to every institution. Mm -hmm. That is unequivocal. If I ask you the question right now, and I put a gun to your head and held it there and said, you got 10 minutes to tell me who is the president of Clemson University? <laughs> but you know Dabo. Who's the president of the University of Michigan? Right. I, I'm right here in Georgia. I do not know the name of the president of the University of Georgia. And they're mm -hmm. ranked number one. Mm -hmm. But I know who the head coach is. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really matter because what Georgia athletics is doing it's actually putting the, the spotlight of the nation and the world on the University of Georgia, which does what? It helps bring um, um, student um, applications. It helps enrollment. enrollment. It helps fundraising. Yeah. When you bring attention to it once, and what I was, I happened to be on your campus and was there with College Game Day. You, 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 you all know, I'm sure, that that was the most uh, watched college game day in week nine since 2009. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So with that being the question, I mean, why would even it be a consideration for you to have a great coach? Certainly people are going to want him. Yeah. But, but yeah. the alumni has the opportunity to create the environment for him to want to stay. Hmm. Now, if, if that now certainly, so how, what are you doing if it's the I love, and whether it's at Jackson State or any institution? I would say the same thing to North Carolina Central, who's coming in here, and they've got a great coach in Trey Oliver. Mm -hmm. What are you doing to make sure, as alumni, um, that you are you are doing everything possible to assure that you continue to have a winning program because winning reaps winning. Chuck, I gotta tell you this, Brother Grant. Mm -hmm. If I had on some bottoms, I would stand up and run around the room like I <laughs> like I was at church. But I can't stand up right now because a lot of times I do these shows with no bottoms. But listen, you just <laughs> preached. You just preached a word right there about buy-in, about support, about stop looking for other people to do things that you're supposed to be doing yourself. And that's one of the things. Now, when you look at the numbers of Celebration Bowl, you talk about your emphasis. But you recall North Carolina A&T went to the Celebration Bowl a few years in a row. Yeah. And there and because of that exposure, their enrollment skyrocketed because of the Celebration Bowl, because it is on national TV and all eyes are on it. And so the work that you're doing there to spotlight HBCUs, bringing those two champions to Atlanta, putting them on national TV. We have to harness that kind of energy and make sure it's not just about a football game, but this is to increase the philanthropy, to increase scholarships and endowments, to ultimately increase enrollment and grow these universities through athletics. Absolutely. And let's be specific because you just you you just hit the nail on the head. When North Carolina A&T played in the first Celebration Bowl in 2015, their, their annual applications were around 7,000. By the last game they played in 2019, going into 2020, their applications were 43,000. Mm. Wow. Now, what does that do? That allows them, with that many applications, to skim off the top. That means they could choose the best students, which in turn drove their average GP, uh, incoming GP. The entire university dr drives their GPA up. Mm. It increased their, their fundraising, went up threefold and held over and still hold it over that mm -hmm. period of time. State appropriation dollars went up. Why? Because they were bringing national championships to the state of North Carolina. 
if, and I say if, if Jackson State were to win this week, and if Jackson State were to win this, the Celebration Bowl, they'd be the only national champion in the state of Mississippi. What does that do for the state of Mississippi? All of this exposure is for Jackson State and the state itself, but to bring home a national championship changes the game. Yeah. Yeah. One final yeah. data point, and I'll, um, Drake University did a study, um, economists did a study on the return on investment of athletics to, to, to university institutions. And they went through a whole um, uh, presentation on that. But one data point I remember when Nick Saban came to the University of Alabama, their incoming freshman class comprised of 27% of the incoming freshman class were out of student, out of out of state students, paying two and a half times more than in-state students. Mm -hmm. By 2016, he had won three national championships. Their incoming freshman class, 63% were out of state students, paying two and a half times more than in-state students. Wow. That's why they have that's why they, they have an, an an athletic endowment fund that subsidizes his salary. Because the state of Mississippi as a I mean state of uh, Alabama as a state institution, I think they only pay him around three or four hundred thousand dollars. Sure. The rest Nick Saban there. makes eleven million dollars. Yeah. 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 The foundation pays the rest. Why can't you do that? Why that's can't at you know, I, I, I'm just give you one thing. I stood at the game um, there and I looked and said, wow, you guys, you, you are absolutely, you have the best fans in, in, in FCS. I'm going to say I, did, I, I didn't hear you say that part again. You have the best fans. I mean, in terms of the fans who come out and support. Mm. Imagine if, if at each game, those fans gave $25, half of them, to an athletic foundation. Um, the way I calculated, looking at the game, I was there. If you had 20, 20 25,000 people, gave $25, you have over $600,000 per game. Yeah. Yeah. Per home game. Just give me 25 bucks. Mm. That can go a long way to support the athletic program and support the coaches and support, you know, the infrastructure that's required to keep winning. Yeah. So... Listen, I, I, th that's my, the stage that I'm going to stand on. And that's the pedal that I'm on. And I have to, and I will tell you, because I'm in the middle of it. We have to change the way we look at things. Mm -hmm. And when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And the way we look at things, we measure largesse by how many people we have in the stadium. Over here, largesse is measured by total live audience. Hmm. How many people are watching? They're yeah. on stadium big enough. Celebration Bowl has has um just a little over three million viewers. There's no other game even close in the HBCU space in terms of total live audience. I don't need to have sixty thousand people in the stadium. I need to have three million people watching the game. Watching it. Yeah, it is. That's it where is. the money is. And I will take my hat off to Commissioner McClellan and, and Commissioner Steele and specifically Commissioner McClellan because he understands. And he's moving the conference in the direction 
um, that where there's going to be tremendous long-term benefit, but their institutions, the member institutions have to understand it too. Agree. Agree. You, you yeah. guys, I'm going to say this again, and I, I know he'll do what he has to do. I support any, any person that's taking care of his wife and family. But if Jackson State alumni don't do all that you can to, to support Coach Sanders and his coaching staff and team, then shame on you. Mm. Because mm. I will tell you, what you think will, will, you know, that, well, we can do this without him, probably, but Jackson State won't be at the tip of the spear very long. Mm. And that's a fact. I mean, we can call it what we want to. We can yeah. look at it any way lens you want to look at it. But the facts are the facts. And um, I applaud, you know, A.D. Robinson and others that, have, that, that had enough uh, foresight to go out and do that. I applaud him for coming. I applaud yeah. the work he's done. I applaud the development for the young men. But I also recognize and I see that since Coach Sanders has been at Jackson State, there has been a tremendous bump in what's happening in, H in the HBCU space. And I've said a lot there. But, no, but you preached. You preached. We preached. I, hey, John, I, I appreciate your, your time this evening, man. I know we're, you know, a few weeks away now from the Celebration Bowl. Jackson State has one more step in that process. You know, you only invite the champions. So we got to take care of business against Southern, which we, you know, 35 to zero, but we, we going to do what we do again and, and get to Atlanta. Cause I know how bad I know your, I know your pitch. Now you got to say that you want the champions, but I know how bad you want Jackson State in Atlanta. So you have my word that this Saturday, we're going to do all we can and then some to get back to Atlanta. And that way you can change that backdrop behind you. And it won't be that South Carolina score. It will be a new score. Where a champion is crowned. Jackson State is coming for 13 and 0, brother. Man, this we appreciate you, John. This is hey, why John. I love uh, you, Neely, and I love the, the fans of Jackson State because they're very passionate. But I am committed to what I say. We only take the champion. And you have to you have to go and get that. It's not it's not something that we hand out or we send you an invitation. They well, we do give an invitation. And let me say to you and the fans, I'm coming to the SWAC championship. I'm gonna have two invitations in my possession. One of them I'm going to bring back home. One has Southern's name on it. One has Jackson State's name on it. One now, of the now, schools is going to get one. The other one I'm bringing back. <laughs> now, 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 John, I'm, I'm going to preface. I'm about to, I'm about to preface something now. I'm about, to, I'm about to say something to you, and I don't want you to respond. Okay, I don't want you to respond. I appreciate you bringing the two invitations. I appreciate you taking Southern's back with you and giving us ours. But when we win in Atlanta, I need one favor from you. Hand me the check this year so I can see that it gets to the right place. I'll talk to you later about that, John. Oh, Don't mail it. Don't mail it. I'll come get it. John, man, we really appreciate you stopping by the pregame show, man, and providing us those data points. Uh, you are one of the true power brokers in college football and especially within HBCU football. Uh, and we just appreciate everything that you do with regards to this platform uh, that is celebration. Yes, sir. And guys, appreciate thank you. you. Thank you for what you do. I mean, you 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 have authentic commentary, and I watch every every everything you produce. So thank you as well. We appreciate it.
Thank hey, you. Y'all heard it uh, from John Grant. He is the executive director of Celebration Bowl. He'll be in town for the SWAG championship, of course, to extend that invitation to Atlanta to one of these two teams. We know which team it'll be. We're going to take a real quick break, and then Chuck and I'll be back to wrap up the show. The pregame show live, weekday edition. John, we appreciate you. Y'all, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Warren Sapp, number 99 in your program, number one in your heart. Whenever I look for Jackson State or Coach Prime information, I go to the pregame show. Here at Cadillac of Jackson, we are excited to show you our brand new state-of-the-art facility. Inside our luxurious showroom, come and browse some of our newest models. When you purchase a new or certified pre-owned Cadillac, we'll have it detailed and waiting for you in our beautiful delivery bay. We've even designed a comfortable waiting room with free Wi-Fi to use as needed while your vehicle is being taken care of by one of our certified technicians. Visit today and find your next vehicle at the newly renovated Cadillac of Jackson. Um, okay, so how long have you been coming to stay? Uh, since 1987. I forever love Stansburg because of the people. Uh, they're real people. They, they, they help the community and their family own and operate. And the food, the quality, and service has always been phenomenal. And anywhere I'm at, I, I always recommend people to them. It's, it's great food, and you get enough love for your money. If you need a good place to eat and you want a good environment to support the community, and support effort of, of the Jackson community, I recommend Stamps uh, Super Burger TV because, like I said, Welcome back to the pregame show. Bishop and Neela here on the Black College Sports Network. Uh, you know, we just had a tremendous word there from John Grant. You know, Neela, you and I, we have literally uh, grown up Jackson State football. Uh, he put some stuff out there with regards to our fan base, man. I, I, that was some important things to really get out Hey, man, you're entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Facts are facts. When you look at the number of people that we put in a stadium, uh, pre-prime, during prime, and if there ever is a post-prime, the numbers are the numbers, and we need to harness that synergy on game days to multiply that exponentially to donations to uh, to support the program. But I tell you this, Chuck, and I, I really want to pour this into an audience about John Grant. Uh, you know, there's a, a great book out there by a fraternity brother of mine called The Spook Who Sat by the Door. And, and when you talk about uh, John Grant's of the world and that he is in the room at ESPN, because the Celebration Bowl is owned by ESPN. It's an ESPN thing. And he is the director of it. And you're talking about who is who only is being Disney. Uh, and so the the magnitude of what's there to have a brother in that capacity that has the wherewithal to share insights and open doors and, and give advice and counsel to programs and, and, and what the media and the market space is out there looking for so we can exponentially get a return on our dollars. You know, when he talked about programs and athletics being the front door. 
Chuck, I can't tell you nothing about the market department in Notre Dame, but I know Touchdown Jesus. I know those gold helmets <laughs> because true. I know I know ABC yeah. and Keith Jackson calling the game growing up. Yeah. I mean, you know, TV moves the needle, man. And, and now that we're entering into a space where we have allies and we can get HBCU games televised and not just on major networks, but on streaming, you know, platforms as well. The more people see it, the more people going to like it, the more they like it, the more they're going to love it, the more they love it, the more they're going to give to it. And it's all about growing these bases, growing these enrollments, getting yeah. more students in. We are fortunate Jackson State. More, yeah, we're, for, we're fortunate Jackson State, man. We got two front doors. You know, we got uh, uh, the athletic programs and the Sonic Boom in the South. A lot of places yeah. don't have that. You know, we got two marketing arms that regardless of what you come to JSU for, you see those two things before you get there. You're aware of JSU's football history and athletic history. You're aware of the Sonic Boom in the South, and it makes you want to get there. Again, Notre Dame, the gold helmets, touchdown Jesus. You may go there and major in journalism, but it ain't journalism ain't what, what got you there. Uh, and so to understand the magnitude of that front door that is JSU athletics and that is Coach Prime in this era where we have Coach Prime and all that he's been doing these past three seasons, man, what a great time to be in the HBCU space. So hats off to John Grant for all that he's doing and for taking the time to be here tonight. No doubt. What a great time to be in this HBCU space. And an important point, uh, the, the old business <laughs> is no more. Uh, we are in this new space, and I started off the show saying we are at an inflection point uh, with regards to eyeballs on HBCU athletics, eyeballs on Jackson State football, and it's important that we understand that and we harness it and we grow. And it's important that we're honest about it too, Chuck. You and I were born into this, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Our mamas and daddies wasn't together, but they did it after a football game, and that's how we got here. We were literally born into this. Jackson State has a rich history. Jackson yeah. State has been great, but we don't have to diminish the greatness that has occurred under Coach Prime by saying, yeah, but we've been that. No, you ain't been like this. You, mm. you might have been that, but you ain't been this. This is a new plateau, a new peak, a new zenith we're approaching because the number of eyeballs that are on this market space of HBCUs, particularly Jackson State, and as, as John Grant put it, Jackson State being the tip of the spear, we have to harness these things and make sure that we're putting in infrastructures that last any person. And that's one of the things I said from day one about Coach Prime's arrival. All coaches leave. At some point, they leave. There's a lot of turmoil in the air now about, oh, what if he goes? What are we going to do? Well, you're thinking that way because of missed opportunities. Thankfully, there are some things that have been done that he can't roll up that turf field if he leaves you. <laughs> that, that's going to be out there. But you sure. have to do more things like that. So whether you're Tennessee State with Eddie Robinson or, 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 or Grambling with the Hugh Grant, no matter Hugh, <laughs> Hugh Jackson, no matter yeah. who you are, we got to start doing things in this HBCU space that outlast individuals and that are infrastructures toward increasing and growing enrollment. No doubt about it, man. Uh, great place to put a pin in tonight's show. Uh, we got Southern. It is SWAT Championship this weekend. 11-0, uh, it has been a historic year. I mean, when we take a look and go through this uh, schedule, I mean, it is not like Jackson State has not faced adversity, you know, at various points during the course of the season. Uh, but we've never seen 11-0. Uh, this is tremendous. And like we've talked about, we've grown up in this. We've born into it. Uh, it has been tremendous. 
give me one take on what you know stands out for you with regards to this year. Uh, I got to give you more than one because I got to go with the overall record, which is just a cumulative impact of everybody. You know, whether it's the media teams, whether it's the coaches and staff, the trainers, uh, 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 most Sims coming in strength and conditioning, all the way up to Coach Prime, all the way down to whoever. Uh, so we got to recognize it took all of that to be 11 and 0. Uh, but one of my true takeaways is the one I started the season with. And it's my I told you so moment for the last day of November. I told you this defense was going to be damn good. I told you this defense was going to be the greatest defense in Jackson State history. And I'd be damned if we didn't get all the way through the regular season undefeated. And it was that defense. It was that defense that saved the day a lot of those times. I'm not talking taken away from my offensive player of the year, Shadur Sanders, who, by the way, got absolutely robbed with the Connolly Award. Why don't y'all just pull out a gun and just mm. take it from people? You know, mm. last year he threw for 30 touchdowns, 3,000 yards, and they said, yeah, but he's a freshman, and so you gave it to someone else. This year he does it again and then some, and who did they give it to? A freshman. Come on, y'all. Yeah, Come on, y'all. That's Come on. That's a great point. Like, stop I'm playing. glad you brought that out. <laughs> like, they've been giving this award out since 1996. I'm going to get back on the defense. They've been giving this award out since 1996. Mississippi State has won nine times, Ole Miss now 11 times. Even got a Millsaps win in there somewhere. Uh, you know, uh, one of our true chances before is with T.C. Taylor. I want to point out this award started post Steve McNair. Uh, and so when you get past McNair's, when this football player of the year for the state of Mississippi started at the collegiate level and all college programs are in it, you know, T.C. Taylor uh, lost to Eli Manning. I think it was Eli's second time. But, you know, you're like, okay, shit, it's Eli. I, I know. I, y'all, it's yeah, that yeah. Dick stat. But when you look at what happened this year and look at the impact and the numbers of Shadur Sanders and that his team is undefeated and in a swag championship, and no disrespect to the young man, the freshman running back at Ole Miss, I think they're eight and four, eight and five, I don't know what their record is, but come on, man. This was this was the year. Like, I don't know what we gotta do, walk on water to get to get the award. I don't know what we gotta do. Yeah, that was, hey, Chuck, that was a rant off, off topic. Now let me get back to defense. I told y'all this defense was gonna be great. Yes. Y'all said, man, we lost Antoine Owens. We lost James Houston. Ain't no way that defense could be better than the one last year. We get to the end of this season, barely giving up an average of 10 points a game. The next closest person in points allowed is actually who we're playing this weekend. Southern, they're giving up almost 21 points a game. This is a great defense, man. It's a historic mega defense. What Dennis Thurman has done, Jeff Weeks, Andre Hart, uh, Coach uh, Mathis with the secondary has just unbelievable. So if you ask me, like, What's that thing other than the record? Because the record is the record. That's that's mm-hmm. that's the reason that ain't been done before. Mm-hmm. That defensive unit is special, man. It is absolutely defense, defensive unit is special. And I think one of the things that I take away uh, is this familial, this family atmosphere uh, that is over there at that uh, Walter Payton facility. Uh, these guys love each other. They they, they look out for each other. Uh, it is tremendous to watch and watch and watch how they find it during the course of the year, all the way to 11 and 0. And the mission is not complete. Uh, they still are focused, and fans need to understand that they're still focused on the end goal, and that is I, a celebration. I life. can tell you, Chuck, because I have the, the the blessing of being around these guys on a daily basis in their home at that Walter Payton Center. And what you see the fans chatting about on social media, they ain't talking about. They don't sit around and talk about, I wonder if Coach Prime going to be here next season. No doubt. It looked like we lost Neely for a quick second, but as follow-up on his point, I mean. Uh, Coach Prime. There you go. 
if you take it back even before last year this time when he was in the hospital, y'all said he was leaving. So this ain't nothing new to them. These guys are focused, focused, focused on winning this game and going back to Atlanta. The goal was 13-0, and and you had to do that 1-0 one week at a time. We now completed 11 of them. You got two more to go. Swag Championship, Celebration Bowl. That's what this team is focused on. And the players are not distracted at all. The coaches are not distracted at all. Coach Prime even told you, I, I'm used to this. I'm used to noise around me and people talking about me, whether they're right or wrong. I'm locked in on this game and winning this game this weekend. That's what focus is. That's where the focus is, man. We look forward to it. Uh, the pregame show, we've been bringing it to you high and heavy since Miami. Looking forward to the fan base and coming in to get this W here for the SWAT Championship. Trying to go first time since the 1995-96 season where this Jackson State team has gone back-to-back uh, to win a SWAT Championship. Uh, it is going to be a, an electric atmosphere. Who better than to bring the Southern Jaguars in for the SWAT Championship? Uh, it's, it's payback time, guys. <laughs> you know, Chuck, uh, when you count him being the head coach of Prairie View for the SWAT Championship and you count this L that we're going to hand out Saturday, that's going to be three losses for Dooley in a year at the vet. So, you know, maybe we'll name a bathroom after or something. I don't know. <laughs> what a way to end the show. Oh, no, that ain't the end. You know, you've got to give, you've got to give me my softball. Oh, that wasn't the end. That just popped in my head when you brought it up. Well, Billy, let me give you the final word, man, as we close out this episode of the pregame show. <laughs> Hey, final word, Chuck, that you always give it to me, and I bring it like uh, Nasty Nelson on Boomerang. Look here, man. Everybody likes it wet, but it ain't going to be wet this weekend. So I wonder what Southern's excuses are going to be because they said they only scored zero because it rained, as if it didn't rain on our side of the field. Chuck, we put up about 21 points before the rain. They put up zero. If it's not going to rain, 21 times two, 42. Zero times two? Mm. No better place to put a pin in it than right there. It's Bishop, it's Neely, it's the pregame show. Neely has called his shot. We look forward to it this weekend here on the Black College Network. This is the pregame show. We'll see you Saturday. Coming live from Colorado next week. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Boys and girls, and for all those who's listening and watching it from around the world. And we are now live from the corner of Dalton and Lynch Street. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's indeed the pregame with your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready because we pregame harder than the other show's part. It's the pregame.